I felt hardly alive. I felt like how would I ever be able to move these legs and arms again out of bed and actually I dreamt of a day in bed watching Netflix, eating ice cream and doing absolutely nothing. That's quite a way to start a bike trip. <laughs> Welcome to Bike Trails, a travel long podcast with Christina and Alan. Episode three, get your e-bike off my lawn. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I felt absolutely dead. That um, was a monster. Uh, it was it was really, really, really terrible. Um, it was I was so unfit. I was so unfit, and we only did 34 kilometers. There was, of course, no breakfast in the hotel that day, so we walked down the the street to a bakery and got a few things and ate it on a park bench. And uh, I was thinking, how am I going to go today? This is this is hard. And we had 90 kilometers to go. Yes. We did 34 the day before, and it was like our certain death. And then now we have 94 coming up and 850 meters of climbing. So the first day we did 150 meters of climbing and we thought we were gonna die. And here we are, <laughs> the next day, 90 kilometers to ride, 850 meters to climb. Yes, I was so hungry that I think I ate your breakfast yeah, too. Yeah, we, we ate a lot. I wanted to bring something to put on my bike during the ride, but um, my stomach just said, hungry, put more in, put yeah, more yeah. in. You need carbs, carbs, carbs. So I ate two big sandwiches until everything was gone, had a coffee, and then we went back to the hotel to get our bikes ready. You so, did some oiling of the chains. Yeah, and we had to clean the chains that day. Yep. And getting out of the city was super great because the first thing that we did, so we rode all the way down that huge hill at Berghausen mm -hmm. into the old town below the below the Berg and uh, it's fast and it's really beautiful and it's nice down there and then you know you go along the river for a little while and then suddenly it's time to go up again and then then it started just at the right there at the uh, Saltzak River take a right go up and, 35 degrees yeah yeah <laughs> That was that was incredible. I pushed up. I mean, it was maybe just 150, 200 meters long. But I was wondering what kind of hill is 35 degrees? Because this is what it said on the on the on the commute plan. I'm like, what what does that look like? It must must be wrong. I mean, this is like almost 45 degrees. You know, <laughs> this is a crazy <laughs> thing, right? Oh yeah, it was something like this, something like 30, 35. And um, I had two or three more cycle turns in my legs before I just would have had to ride down backwards and crash because I wouldn't have made it. But then just 10, 15 centimeters to go, I crusted the top and that was it. And I looked behind and I saw you pushing the bike up. And then I saw these two crazy guys on mountain bikes teaming up the, the hill. And one of them was pulling some kid carrier trailer with no kid in it. Mm -hmm. And they, they went on past us. And I thought, man, that's that's either they are super people or I'm unbelievably unfit. I think it's probably the latter. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same here. But that was that was terrible. So that was, you know, I mean, that was only like, I don't know, 60 of the 850 meters that we, that we had to ride that day. Uh, but it was really cool because this is when the, the land really opened up for us. This was really big, wide open spaces. And, you know, we saw the mountains in the distance and we were starting to get it closer to them. And you could see that and that was that was super cool to to see that because our destination that day was uh Bad Heignal. exactly so 
I liked that it was this hilly up and down white beautiful nature scenery where it was almost a meditative thing to ride along and I didn't feel that bad after a while so after 30 to 60 minutes of riding it got better and better and I could go in my slow steady cycling rhythm mm -hmm. on and on and on and the weather was better than the day before it was still fresh but it didn't rain and I just like to watch all the cows the little hills the mountains the super cute villages we crossed through some of those places didn't even have a little supermarket they They didn't have anything. You could buy eggs from free living chicken everywhere. This is yeah, what they I had saw. lots of this um, uh, Ladenhof all the yeah, time. Laden, yeah, Laden, Laden uh, Ladenhof shops yep. and 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 homemade honey and sure. stuff like this. I think we we went along for one to two hours without even seeing a bigger village area yeah it was always these hills you would go up to the top of the hill and crest over and you would just see farmland or we were in forest area you know mm -hmm. like logging forest area and through those dark passages through the forest it was beautiful but it was also a bit creepy because you know it always has this kind of like mystical thing to it like you you leave this great wide open bright field and you ride into this grove of trees and suddenly it's this dark quiet place cold cold you know i remember one time we were riding through this area and nobody was around but then there was a tractor just sitting in there and the guy was sitting in the tractor like reading a book mm -hmm. <laughs> it was super creepy but <laughs> yeah so yeah it was uh it was Great. And the Benedictweg so far, this is this path that we're following for this, you know, Pope Benedict, right? Mm -hmm. It's really nice. It's really well done. It's well signposted. It's thoughtful. It goes through cool places. In the cities, sometimes it's a little challenging because they have you go left, right, left, right into, you know, every little street. And, you, you know, you, you do that and you follow the way. And then you realize, well, I could have just went left back there and come to the same place. Yeah. Easier. But the reason but is nice. that they also want you to see nice things. Sure. So I like the sign very much. Mm -hmm. So this violet Pope hat. That uh, yeah. was, it was the, the signature, like yes, yeah. the bishop, yeah, the Pope had the tiara that um, was um, telling us, okay, this is Benedict Week, and it was not only Benedict Week, often we crossed Mozart Radweg, yeah. Salzach in Radweg, and at least three more yeah, there was many, many of them. Yeah. yeah, that were in that area and that were like these little knots where yep. you could follow one um, bike trail or the other. And what I remember on second day most was two quite big hills where it was super hard. Yeah, and, you know, halfway, I think we, you know, we stopped, what, 20, 30 kilometers for a break. It was really nice. Had some, you know, we were trying to do some podcasting and then some pair of roosters started fighting and crowing and rapping with each other and it became pretty apparent that we couldn't do it there. But not just them. Do you yeah. remember? We just sat down then cars were cars coming, e-bikers were e jetting, motorcycles yeah. were coming and all of a sudden our ice side week where we sitting because yep. it was in an old glacier area where the sign behind us on the bench explained how this area was created during the long thousands of years mm -hmm. before We stopped doing this. We had a sandwich and we looked over and saw this beautiful farm villages in mm -hmm. the back and then a big hill store. This. That was a huge hill. That was painful <laughs> and unfair. <laughs> <laughs> Take away all of our great feeling. 
Yeah. I want to take a short break from recanting our day um, number two. Talk about e-bikes for a second. Oh, do you like e-bikes, Ellen? You love them, right? I would like to take every e-bike and throw it in the center of the deepest part of the deepest ocean. Don't be so negative. I say if you are a person who is maybe older and wants to have mobility and really wants to live an active life and an e-bike makes it easy to do that, absolutely. If you're a person with a physical disability and it helps you get out and do things, absolutely. Or maybe, I don't know, e-mountain bike sport league or something like this, and I think there is such a thing. Great, but this is not the people we typically see. 10% of the people we see are older people that have mobility and they get around and they're really cool. They're tooling around on these nice touring bikes with a basket on the back and they're just flying. That's great for them. It's the 90% of the other crazy people who are like super fit sportler people on 5,000 euro mountain e-bikes with the largest battery and the largest possible power you can imagine. So if you're an e-bike racer, great, but that's not the people we see. We typically see super fit couples or families, sometimes with the entire family from kid from 10 years old all the way up to mom and dad, grandpa, grandma, and they're going super fast and they obviously take no effort whatsoever to go up hills. These things are absolutely taking away what a bike ride should be. And I don't understand it at all why anyone would want to have a bike where you can drive 30 kilometers an hour with no effort. It's basically like a small electric motorcycle. First of all, most of these are leased, to my understanding. They're not actually owned outright. So there's going to be a huge return of these in the next years. And this is an economic catastrophe because I don't know if with the current economic forecast that's coming up, if people are going to want to buy a new e-bike on the lease, right? Are they going to pay a monthly fee to just ride their bike. And I don't really don't like them because they are too fast. People don't know how to control them. Um, there were several times where we were passed from behind really, really fast with no warning. And that's another thing I will now talk about is bells. I wanna give my opinion to e-bikes. I totally understand what you're saying and I agree mostly. Um, I think e-bikes are great for those elderly people who wanna get around and who don't wanna sit at home all time but don't have the physical ability to go up hills, especially yes. when you're living in a hilly area like that area. So if they want to use it for going um, to the shop and getting all the daily errands done, this is a great thing. And if you are one of those super sportive people being part of a Verein of e-bike mountain bikers, this is maybe also a thing. I don't know. I don't like those people who would normally never do a bike ride. I'm not talking about the so-called e-bike families that you just described. I'm talking about the very unfit people that dress in super pro e-bike outfits all from the highest standards and then carry their overweights up hills faster than we could ever do it. <laughs> and this is where I had my super bad and sarcastic dreams about yes. where I dreamt while biking up that hill, <laughs> breathing heavily. What if their batteries would die? 
from one second to yes. the other. So they would probably roll backwards so fast because without any chance they would be able yeah. to ride the very heavy e-bikes, including the back battery, up the hill. And I was wondering, did everyone do like an ecological climate calculation That's how eco-friendly sure. those e-bikes really are similar yeah. to those e-cars where I mm -hmm. think they are not very climate friendly and those batteries only last a couple of years and then they have to be replaced with super rare mm -hmm. metals to, yeah. to, to build these batteries. So I have a very similar opinion but I'm not as super negative than you are. I don't know, I am. So let's come to the bells topic. Bells, okay. So when should you not have a bell on your bike? I think that there is only one answer to this. Never. Well, you're currently in a race and it's like a time trial. Like you're in a sanctioned professional race where the roads are closed or something like this. So we're not talking about professional. That's what I'm saying. That's the only time that I could say you should not have a bell on your bike. Every other time in all of your life, you need to have a bell especially around here and around these areas because there are so many people, you know? And I, I find it interesting that there's a lot of um, race bike people who are out there and, and we're out there and everyone is like either doing some fitness rides or they're going for a tour or they're just going to the store or something. There's a lot of bicycles out there and the bicycle paths in some of the areas where we were in, not very well maintained. They were a little rustic, you know? Um, sometimes there is no bicycle path, you know, and you're on the road. And other times you're in twisty, windy areas like on a dirt road or just a regular farm road and yeah, you don't really know what's around the corner and you should be sounding your bell if you go through a tunnel or you go somewhere that it's clear no one would be able to see you if you were coming. But the a number of people without bells is staggering in my opinion and a bell costs like two euros and you strap it onto your bike and you use it if someone is around. I'm really surprised that people don't do that. I don't know why I thought you had to have a bell when you bought a bike but apparently not anymore. Well, you don't have to on all sports bikes yeah. there is no bell. Yeah, just city bike, right? Yeah, the bike that is um, prepared for being used in traffic on a regular basis. These bikes all must have a bell. But since our bikes are also seen as sports equipment, sure. they don't have a bell. And if we were controlled by the police, they could say what's missing. But nobody does that, but they could you know, stop us and say, your bike doesn't fulfill the traffic. Well, our bike fulfills all of those things. So yeah, that's uh, that's the digression on bells and, and e-bikes. Sorry about that. But and I had this. just before or after our beautiful lunch in Taching am um, mm -hmm. See, yep. you had a Nobel experience by a road biker that was really badly yelling at you because he wanted you to go on the side. Yeah, but it was like out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Like so the first he, thing I know he's there, he's right next to my ear screaming at Well, us. I didn't get any of this. The only thing I saw was <coughs> an Alan that quadrupled his energy and speed. He rode, he overtook like crazy and then was not seen anymore. So I blinked three times and you were gone. I, and I was like, What, 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 what rocks did he take? What, what was going on with him? Why is he not waiting for me? I dropped the hammer and I got down in those aero bars and I just flew as fast as I possibly could. Luckily, there was no one else around. And um, I, uh, I caught up to the guy and out of nowhere, I told him to get out of the way. <laughs> and I didn't use my bell. 
That, and it probably <laughs> that it was so manly. It was probably a little immature at the time, but I felt like, hey man, come on, you know. I mean, no need to get all crazy. I mean, we're just out here on the road. What are you screaming at people for, you know? Well, I was super happy to have you back. After like 10 minutes, I found you again. It was like having a new partner on the tour. Since and then I found just right then, we're like, oh, look, it's a, it's a place for lunch by the, ocean, by, by, the, by the lake. By the lake. I yeah. was so happy. And it was not raining anymore. And they served us a beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. food in that little Seestübel directly mm -hmm. at one of the lakes near Waging am See, and that was super beautiful. And I think I filled all the energy in that I needed because we saw on the profile that other hills would be coming up soon. This is where I first spotted the um, mask walker. Oh, yeah. The mask walker. So, you know, the, the rules are if you're going into a restaurant and you have to walk amongst the tables or, say, to the toilet or some something like this, you need to wear a mask if you're not seated at your table, which I think is totally totally reasonable. There's waitresses and waiters around and there's people moving about and, you know, social distancing isn't guaranteed and it would be just fine to wear a mask. And, you know, you have to wear a shirt and shoes anyway, so what the hell does wear a mask? It's not a big deal. But we learned uh, there's a new kind of person called a mask walker. And these people, I don't know whether this like philosophically against it or not, but they bravely hold the mask in their hand while they walk to where they need to go. And if no one challenges them, they just continue on and it's totally fine. I originally had seen mostly guys doing it, mm -hmm. you know, but now uh, I definitely saw a few women doing it too. And I don't know whether they were just distracted or whatever, but it seems to me like this is the kind of thing you don't forget these days. You know, everyone is wearing a mask everywhere. You don't probably forget it more than once. I don't know, the mask walker. This time we were not allowed to store our bike in the room. Sadly, so no. They didn't have a bike garage, so I asked where we could lock it up. And then we found a really nice space for our bike, surrounded by nice piles of potatoes yeah. in the kitchen storage area. Yeah. And the bikes were cooled, yes. it all was fine, and they locked it up. The kitchen people had the key and they said, okay, when you want to leave tomorrow again, just tell us and we will unlock it for you again. So we got our little polyester bags that we brought. You yeah. bought like a Hugendubel book yeah, exactly. um, bag to put all this stuff from the frame um, mm -hmm. bag in it. And we went up to the room and it was a very traditional big room with a wooden furniture and a very big and luxurious bed. And as soon as I saw it, I thought I would be in there very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got ready, you cleaned up, took a shower, and I was just laying there like I was in a coma. You were sleeping yeah, already. Yeah, I don't even remember falling asleep. I just was asleep, and then I was awake when we went down for, for dinner. Maybe you were unconscious. I think I was. <laughs> I, I intubated myself. <laughs> like, you, like you do this all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's very, it's very easy to do this. <laughs> So, um, you know, the, the dinner situation was actually pretty nice. We had a space in Bierstubel, and I think only four tables in the whole place were in use. There was a family in the middle and a couple of couples on the other side of the room. You know, being inside uh, is not ideal to eat, uh, but it was okay. Um, it was ventilated. It was fine. But the funniest thing about it was just outside the door, there obviously was some people who hadn't been out in a long time, and there was these four guys who seemed to be, know what they were doing. And they were singing and yodeling 
No, that was a Stammtisch that was oh, okay. established again. So these four guys between 70 and 80, they were knowing each other for a very long time and they were telling very intimate stories in a very loud voice. And one guy was doing the yodeling all the time. So every five minutes. It was loud. Yes. It was like he a would whistle. start commenting something what the other guy said with a yodeler and then everyone would applaud to this <laughs> now I have to guess I'm not a medical professional like you dear wife but my guess is like loud singing and yodeling is not compatible with being indoors during pandemic no you should not do that but yeah. I mean never anybody said anything yeah. to them because they are probably doing this every single day of their life yeah, there probably and um, I mean they were like 10 meters away so I hope that those aerosols didn't come in over to room, us yeah. All in all, the, the the day was good, right? I mean, we had some excitement and we had good weather. Everything was good, except my bike started making this very strange, like metal on metal grinding sound. And I have no idea why that would be. I took my bike apart with every piece and I put it all back together correctly. And I don't know what was going on. It was just starting to make this noise and you know i mean when you're riding a bike it's not fun to hear it going you know for 90 kilometers you know so um i didn't discover what it was to the end and suddenly it mysteriously went away after seven days and a half a day of rain it suddenly became super smooth and quiet again Mine also started to make funny sounds, especially mm -hmm. when going up the hill. Yeah. And first I thought, I'm just too heavy. I'm untrained. I'm unfit. I'm pressing down the pedals unevenly and not in a rhythmic position. Maybe I should do things differently. Maybe it's my, my saddle because the saddle post is divided in through carbon posts. Right. I it's still a great don't know. Post, by the way. It's it's very nice and yeah. and I could feel it going up and down a little bit because I only could go up those hills because I was breathing and counting the pedaling rounds sure. and I heard the squeaking all the time. Yeah. It was not meditative. It's what it was driving me crazy. We're going to have to figure out what that is. Yeah, I still don't know what it is. I have a I have a theory that when we put the protective pieces of plastic around the carbon to put the bags around that somehow that's causing this this sound but you know we'll find out or is it the connectivity between the pedals and the cranks cranks no we, i checked that and it was quite it was smooth and by the way you only had i don't know 50 kilometers on the bike since you bought it but this is not something that should happen yet. okay but yeah anyhow it was um it was good so this was an amazing day. This was the longest day, but not the hardest day. The shortest day was the hardest day. Yes, that that's is the correct. Next day. And that's day three of our cycling tour. That's right. So we'll see you then. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.